Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, I'm going to be talking about why your wife wants you to post social media pictures of her and the two of you, etc., and uh, why this is a big deal for certain women and what men think incorrectly about this. And before we do that, please do subscribe. Most recently was, yes, you are supposed to interact with a soft penis. <laughs> so if, if that is uh, some, something that you're curious about, whether or not a person should in fact interact with a soft penis, or in fact you have no idea that your wife thinks you're not supposed to, and she may be among the women who think you're not, despite that that's wrong, then certainly listen to this episode. All right, so in my Facebook group, which I'm always mentioning because it gives me a lot of good ideas and you should join it, it's a lot of people who want to talk about issues that are like the issues that I talk about, relationship, family, sex, uh, intimacy, love languages, just a lot of shit. Okay, so that's my plug. And in the Facebook group, uh, somebody mentioned, isn't it like too much when people are always posting pictures on social media of their significant other? Do you think that it's like they protest too much and really it's a bad relationship and those are the only people who really post? No, like in fact, I don't. You know, I mean, of course, like there are some people who... Um, lie, you know, so they're saying everything is great when it's not um, because they feel really bad or they're trying to turn it around or they just feel like really uncomfortable about how their relationship is going. So, you know, they, they try to, they try to re, you know, do the opposite. They try to act like it's really good. Now, this isn't something malicious, you know, this is something that people do when they're really struggling, you know, they, they don't, some people, right? So some people, when they're really struggling, they'll post a lot on social media kind of to make themselves feel good, to kind of say to themselves and to the world, look, like we did go to the aquarium as a family. We did go on date night. You know, they're kind of like grasping at straws. But that's a small subset. Most of the people who post on social media are in one of two camps. Either they are people who themselves really enjoy it, and I'm in one of those camps myself. Um, about and this isn't just about spouse, but the same people who post about spouse usually post about kids too, you know. And um, then they are people who learned that a partner likes it. So that is the group that I'm trying to discuss here because you could be like. Like, so, okay, so back it up. So a lot of people who struggle with social anxiety or avoidant attachment just call themselves private. They say they're just really private people, but somehow the privacy ends up hurting people. So, for example, you know, I've talked about growing up in a very anxious home. And when I was little, I liked, uh, I saw some kids get notes at lunch, you know, from a parent, a note that would say, I love you, blah, blah, blah. And because you're like a little kid, everybody looks over and sees your note. You know, and so I said that to my mother and she said, I would never uh, do anything that everybody could look at because I am private. So in that case, you know, private really just meant I'm really socially anxious, you know, but of course a little kid isn't going to hear it like that. And, and, you know, she wasn't aware that it was that, but often it is that. 
often people that say that they're private are really just very, very anxious of anybody like looking at them or judging them or, or anything. And so parents with social anxiety are terrified of being judged and they pass on the terror of judgment to their kids who then feel like everybody's going to judge them and they judge everybody in, in, in reaction because they think they're going to get judged, so they judge. So it's this whole judgmental intolerance sort of worldview that's passed on by these people, you know, that, that are anxious and, quote, private. So a lot of the guys that I talk to, um, or a lot of the couples I talk to, the woman wants more of like a big gesture. She's more of a romantic. She grew up with the Say Anything movie, you know. She likes the idea of a public affirmation of love, you know, because everybody is still a little kid at heart, you know, men and women, and that's normal and okay. And what little kids want is somebody to just joyously proclaim publicly their love for them, you know, not to not to have a parent that is anxious and embarrassed to do that. So, you know, the the same people who say that they're really private are people who, if you dig a little deeper, they don't even say I love you really to a spouse that much. They never talk about their feelings. And that, that would be private. That would be like just to the spouse. But in reality, they're not doing that either. So, you know, it, it's convenient to say that the people who are posting a lot on social media are the people who aren't having the good relationship, but frequently they're just the people who love love, who, who love the expressions of love and they're doing it at home and they're doing it on social media. So they're doing it like everywhere, you know, and that's, that's most often. Then there's, of course, as I talked about, people whose marriage is just tanking and they're grasping at straws, trying to, to, you know, tell themselves everything's okay. So that's what they're doing. But most people, they're just like the sort of people that are confident and comfortable in displaying affection. So they do it. And they do it on social media because they like to do it. And also there's another group, and sometimes these overlap, whose spouse really likes it. So at some point the spouse said, oh, I wish you would post more about me. Or the couple's counselor said, why don't you listen to her when she says she wishes you would post more about her? And then they start doing it, you know, and they see like a nice reaction from the partner. Because a big thing, and this was like, on like mom's websites like a little while ago was the idea that women don't have any pictures of themselves with the kids because guys don't think to take pictures as often as women who are documenting the man hanging out with the kids. So there's lots of cute pictures of dad playing catch with his kids, but then not as many of mom reading to her kids. And this was so widely shared when I was a little bit younger and I had little kids. I remember this made the rounds and all these women were saying, yes, yes, yes. I just wish that he would think to take a cute picture picture of me and the kids and um you know I mean the women didn't feel seen they didn't feel like like the man was looking over and saying oh that's like such a good picture I want her to remember this I want her to have memories looking back of like seeing her reading to the kids the way that the woman is thinking I want to have uh memories and for him and for the kids to have memories of dad playing catch right so it's a good point you know, like if, if your husband never thinks to take pictures of you with the kids, it's hard to think that he's like looking at it thinking 
much about the memories that are being made. It could be that he doesn't think that way, but if you think that way, then it does feel very lonely when you look back, and it feels disheartening when you look back to never have any candid shots of you and the kids when the, taking pictures is such a big thing nowadays, right? Of course, nobody ever used to have these candid shots, but now some people do and some people don't. So if all of your pictures with the kids are selfies, but then yet you have pictures of, you know, your husband with the kids, then it feels a little bit bad. You know, just like anybody feels bad when something that they like isn't something that the spouse does. So, so yes, yeah, so a lot of women also grew up in similar homes to mine, right, where especially if, if your wife has shared with you that she had a dysfunctional family of origin and difficult parents and now doesn't have much of a relationship with them or has a difficult relationship with them or whatever, I'm willing to bet anything that public displays of affection were not a big thing, you know, and that your child or, or private, because as I said, in my case, as well as in many cases, the same parents who won't do anything in public also don't do anything in private. So it's not like you're getting like a lot of wonderful shit in private either, <laughs> like you know. And so that's why it's so funny to because it's even the same word, private, right? So you would think that the private person, the the man, let's say, who says, "Oh, I'm just private, so I don't post on social media," you would think, well, then I guess he's doing a lot of romantic stuff in private. Well, no, he's not. Uh, generally, he is doing absolutely nothing in private. So, and the same thing with the parents who are too private to do any sort of public display of any sort to the kid. They're also not saying much nice in private. So privacy is, is usually not the issue. It's usually anxiety, um, anxiety of being judged. And a lot of these men don't want to be judged by their peers. They don't want to seem like they're pussy whipped, we used to say, or a simp, as they say now. Um, so they don't want to seem like they care too much. Well, that's preposterous that you care too much about your wife. You're, that's your wife, you know. You're, you're supposed to care about your wife. And if, if you have still maintained friendships in which that is not cool to do, uh, then, then it would be wise to interrogate the friendships rather than the relationship. Because generally speaking, adults who are um, healthy people support their friends being in healthy relationships. But a lot of times when guys have been friends with the same guys since they were like eight years old, you know, and a bunch of them still don't have marriage and kids anywhere on the horizon, then they get teased, for, or, or they more often they wouldn't, but they think that they would get teased in some way for or saying like, oh, here's my beautiful wife, you know, happy birthday to my darling wife who does X, Y, Z. If, if you are a man in like your 30s or 40s, and you have friends that would make fun of that, then A, I don't really think you may, like you may think they would make fun and they wouldn't. And that's usually what happens when people try this in therapy, when they try to get out there more, a spouse really wants more public affirmations of some sort. And so they try it, right? And then they see nobody says anything bad at all is is 99% of the time. And in the 1% of the time where they get some kind of quote teasing, it kind of seems stupid to the guy like when he when it actually happens in real time he's like wait like this guy who like you know never had a relationship or whatever is like judging me for saying I love my wife what an asshole you know and I'm, I'm not going to care about that so so anyway so the point is then there's guys who are very um avoidant attachment themselves by the way who themselves make fun of this and say you shouldn't really need me to say I love you you shouldn't really need that at all quite honestly you certainly shouldn't need it in public and I don't really do what I don't want to do and I feel forced into this and it feels uncomfortable to me and 
you know, the woman doesn't even have to say it because she's already doing it, but guess what feels uncomfortable to her after a while? You know, sex, intimacy, closeness, affection, respect, love. Because if you're always saying what makes you feel uncomfortable, it, that, so guess what? A lot of shit makes your partner feel uncomfortable too. And if you feel too uncomfortable to do stuff for them, they're going to feel too uncomfortable to do stuff for you and it'll become a power struggle. So if you do have a wife, and again, the more... Uh, the more common situation that I see among younger couples, I'll say 30s and, and below certainly, is preoccupied attachment women. That's when they're still trying. I have a podcast coming up on uh, your window to change is before your wife hits 40. <laughs> and uh, that's true. And I'll get into that then. But the younger women that I see are frequently preoccupied attachment women who are like begging the men to be more romantic. And this is just romantic. That's what you you could think of it as public display of affection. You could think of it as romantic. You could think of it as um, uh, exciting. It's exciting to her to see something on social media about herself. And then if you need a quick analogy, you like things to be romantic, dramatic, and exciting in the bedroom. So, you know, there's no women who are surprising you with a trench coat and nothing underneath that are married to guys long term who say, Mm, I feel uncomfortable with a birthday post because then they're just like, fuck you. I feel uncomfortable with anything, with any touch, you know, fuck you, you know, and that's what happens. But when the women are young, they're still like trying. So they're doing like a lot of this kind of romantic preoccupied attachment. Uh, I love you so much. Let's give, you know, figure out the four point plan to give you a better blow job. They're still in that phase. And so if they're still in that phase and the guy does not give them what they want romantically, they are in empathic rupture territory. So these women that I see, the younger women frequently are, are bending over backwards. Yeah, they can be clingy and, and um, jealous and they cry too much, etc. But they're still trying to give a hell of a time in the bedroom and they're still trying to be really, really loving generally. And what they're trying to make up for is a difficult upbringing where they never got the love that they wanted. So these preoccupied attachment women marry avoiding kind of men who say, no, I'm never going to say happy Mother's Day on social media because why should I and they'll tolerate that for like 10-15 years and then they'll just leave they'll just leave the marriage because they're done they're done begging for affection so the point is is not that this specific social media posting is um, unique it's not unique it's if it's something that your spouse likes do it that's like usually my advice if it's something your spouse likes do it now if you've looked back at the history of your marriage and it's uh 10 years of you doing and doing and doing on your end everything that you think they would like and this is not the situation by the way for these social media guys because they a guy who won't even do a social media post he's going to be difficult in a million ways so it's like the tip of the iceberg but let's say it's a situation where you know I mean I can't even make it up but let's say there's a situation in which this guy is not avoiding attachment he is paralyzed by social anxiety he does everything else that the woman wants in every way now he even adds in the social media post and you know what she's still won't even touch him with a 10-foot pole. Well, certainly that's not a happy marriage. It wasn't a happy marriage before the social media issue. Well, that's not what I'm talking about, you know, but some people make it their hobby to like write in and tell me that there's one situation that exists in the world that my podcast doesn't apply to. You know, good, clap, clap, but you know, that's not what, what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is a very specific situation of an avoidant attachment man who de decries all need for public or really private romance. And the woman is like dancing around in her 
admittedly a very annoying, preoccupied attachment, controlling, jealous, clingy, needy way, asking and begging for, for him to be more romantic. But if she's still in the window when she's begging for you to be more romantic, then if you actually act more romantic, guess what? She actually can calm down. I've seen it happen. It's like a magic trick. So if she's always about you posting on social media and you don't because you, quote, think nothing will ever be enough, it's the same as if you wanted blowjobs and she said no because nothing will ever be enough. Blowjobs going to be a gateway to anal threesomes with, like, you know, uh, hookers. You know? No, it isn't. It isn't. <laughs> you know, not, not in the case where the person is even remotely emotionally healthy. The majority of people have not had their needs met as a child. So, and nobody's had their needs fully met because that would be impossible, but there's a bell curve. And if you are on the end, the, you know, the below 50th percentile of getting your needs met as a child, then you're trying more actively to get those needs met, whether for aloneness and to just be left alone, which is frequently the avoidant attachment one. They, they just want to be alone because they have learned that relationships cannot be trusted. And the other person's need is to be close. So if the avoidant attachment partner can display closeness in the social media post way or any other way that he's asked, and the preoccupied attachment partner can give the other person more space, then the relationship can heal and eventually can be more securely attached over time. But if everybody's fighting over every stupid thing like this, then it's not going to (laughs) heal, you know, and then you're going to keep spending your money and couples counseling, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and and fighting over issues that are not the real issue. So this issue is not the real issue. It is a representative of the woman wants a more romantic partner. So if you want to stay married, try to be a more romantic partner. Same thing as when the man wants a woman to be a more sexual partner. If you want to stay married, try to be a more sexual partner. Stuff is not rocket science, you know. But it, it's extremely hard for people who are locked in vicious battle with one another for like over a decade, which which is the usual situation that I see in my practice, for people to step outside themselves and be like, hold up, like I'm making her feel bad over because I won't post some shit on Facebook? The fuck's wrong with me, right? Or I'm making him feel bad because I won't put his penis in my mouth? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? This shit would take 10 minutes, 10 minutes. and make him feel so good, slash social media posts, take less than 10 minutes, would make her feel so good. And I'm not equating everything to oral sex, although, honestly, it's, it's the most useful analogy I've seen to reach men. But, um, <laughs> but the, the point is that it always kind of goes like this. The man wants more sexual intimacy. Usually, it's the man wants more sexual intimacy, and the woman wants more emotional intimacy. So whoever can really throw themselves on their sword... I have seen women who are like, he won't post about me. He won't post about me. Then I finally get him alone because thank God she misses a session. Maybe she's sick. <laughs> it's always a good thing, right? When you, in couples counseling, when you get one alone, finally, especially the couples where I say we should have some individual sessions and they're like, no, we want to do it together because otherwise it's a waste of time. No, it's not. It's never a waste of time to have individual sessions during couples counseling. But anyway, so finally I get the man alone and I'm like, listen, just fucking let's, let's game it out. What's the post going to say? We could do it social media post for Mother's Day, for her birthday, whatever the fuck, let's do it, let's do it. So we do it. 
And guess what? In the next session, she's happy. She's smiling. Doesn't even look like the same woman. It looks like when sometimes uh, people get on Zoloft in between session. <laughs> I see people like every other week a lot of the time, right? So they go on Zoloft and like it kicks in <laughs> when, when I'm not seeing them. And they are smiling beatifically. For the, for the very lucky people that something works for just like that, right? Of course, there's myriad people who it doesn't work for that magically. But for the few where an SSRI is really the game changer, it looks like a different person in my office, right? So it can look like that for the woman after she, he did the social media post. And then it's like, he's like, why the hell was that so hard? Look, she's actually happy. Is she going to remain happy forever? You know, like, did, was that it for, for his having to try it all? Certainly not. But it was a major step and the opposite of an empathic rupture, which is a term that I should invent. You know, I don't know what the opposite would be. An empathy builder or something that I would have to be a lot more, you know, zing, zingy than an empathic builder. I'll come up with a term, I'm sure, by next time. But anyway, so it's the step. It's an incremental change that shows her that his heart is in the right place versus trying to fight with her all the time. Same as I see men smiling in much the same way after the woman finally, finally listens to me and says, yeah, you know what? It is his love language. So I am going to initiate sex. And she does it. And they come to session and he's like, well, I mean, I, I really got to say, I mean, it was, it was a good week. There's a way that men talk that I'm like, oh, so you got laid. Oh, wow. Like, what a surprise. Like, it's the way that they're talking. There can only be one thing that happens. And they're like, well, yes. In fact, in fact, it was it was twice since last session. And this is, you know, a big deal because many couples, they haven't had sex twice in one two week span since, you know, Reagan was in office. So, you know, it's it's a big deal. But yes, the, the point of this entire thing is it started with the social media post, but it really went much broader than that, as I aim to do generally. Do the shit that your spouse finds extremely valuable and see how it changes them. Try. Try to do that. Try to take one thing that they're always up your ass about and that's outside your comfort zone and do it instead of arguing against it. And then see what happens to your relationship. So that can be your assignment just as though you're my client. All right. Well, I hope this was uh, helpful and edifying. And I will talk to you all soon. Bye-bye.